Today is February 24th, 2019, and this is an interview with Children of Bodom singer Alexi Leho by Nick Burkell. Now, Alexi, can you please give me an introduction on yourself? Uh, well, I'm Alexi Leho. I play in a band called Children of Bodom. We've been around since 1993. First album came out in 1997. And we've been just making records and... Oh, yeah, and I sing and I play guitar. And I write the songs. And uh, we were just touring and making records ever since. So basically, we've been around in the scene for over 20 years, nonstop. What is it like being a student going through the music education portion in Finland? Uh, well, I went to two different music schools. First, I did the uh, classical thing. I started piano when I was five, I started violin when I was seven, and uh, basically with the violin I got pretty uh, I got pretty far, so I, I, I went to a classical music school and I did like, you know, musical theory and stuff like that, and um, then I started pl- uh, playing guitar at 11, and two years later, no, one year later, I, uh, so that's at 12, I. I applied to this uh, jazz music school, which I went to for about, well actually up until the first record came out, and uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, I went to, uh, I, uh, I did all the tests for like musical theory and transcription and, uh, you know, the whole nine, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty... Yeah, it's 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 pretty uh, like intense as far as like you know studying music thoroughly. So um, me, most of us did the whole thing. I didn't I didn't actually finish like I didn't graduate from anything. Like I didn't graduate from the jazz thing only because you know Chon Bottom got so active that I just basically stopped going. And I as far as I know, I just got kicked out. <laughs> but like I. <laughs> That's, I, I, at least that's what I think would happen, but uh, I got pretty far, though. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, um, why name the album Hex? Did anything, like, really wild happen in the past year or so? Well, a lot of things, a lot of things have happened, like, in the past years, you know, a lot of, a lot of bad shit, a lot of good, good shit, but basically, uh... In a nutshell, uh, Hex, that was just, you know, that was a song, and just a song title at first. And then when me and uh, our bass player, Hank, we were just discussing uh, album titles, you know, and I just, you know, gave him a couple of ideas that I, uh, I've been thinking, like, I've been just, you know, playing around with. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty cool, and blah, blah, and then, but then he was like, you know, what about just Hex? I mean, that's pretty strong, and it looks good on the album cover, and and also, it, uh, it it's actually kind of funny how it happened, because uh, the whole record had been mixed and mastered since uh, early June, which was the original deadline, and it just, but the, but the release date just kept being pushed back like constantly well not constantly but a couple of times and it started to feel like that the whole fucking record just had been hexed you know like somebody had put a hex on the record and it's just never gonna come out so that was a coincidence but it's kind of funny now in, in a retrospect but 
uh, and it was extremely, extremely frustrating, of course, you know, because I just wanted to get the damn thing out, but but now it's, you know, just a couple of weeks, so getting, you know, I'm starting to feel relieved. Now, I hear you wrote a lot of this album on personal experiences. Where did the inspiration for Say Never Look Back come from? Well, that was actually, it's kind of like, you know, just a playful tongue-in-cheek uh, song about, uh, you know, the Elm Street movies and like, you know, you just, you know, the whole, you know, you're dreaming, but you're like, everything's happening for real. And and so that's just like kind of black humor, dark humor, whatever you want to call it. So it's not really, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of our like, you know, for example, you know, we have songs like Bottom Beach Terror and stuff like that. It's, it's just basically just kind of funny horror movie stuff. Nothing serious. What were some of the stories or books you were reading through to become educated on the story of Hecate? And can you speak a bit about that? Uh, I had, I mean, I've read a lot about her, but uh, mostly uh, I got a lot of information from people who are, like, you know, just, you know, people who practice witchcraft for, like, for real. Like my wife, for example, and just uh, uh, a lot of other people too, and that that that's where I got like the real stuff, you know, and not just not just like Google stuff, and and uh, I'm I've always been intrigued about like well, uh, you know, witchcraft in general, and especially like all the goddesses of the underworld, and and uh, uh, I've read songs about like you know Morgan and and. Uh, Collie and stuff like that, and now just like I don't know, just heck, it sort of just came out and came out of nowhere, and and uh, I just I just you know started started I started writing about her, and and before you know you know there was a song. Now Hecate's nightmare it's about the uh, Greek goddess. Um, tell me what what goes wrong with the two people sung about in the song, and like how they like incur Hecate or Hecate's wrath. Uh, well, it's basically about like you know uh, Hecate giving them a bunch of chances, like a bunch of chances to fix things up, you know, and uh, but they keep, they, but they just keep messing things up, you know. That it could be basically anybody, and then uh, I know it sounds kind of it sounds kind of weird, you know, explaining it because you know it is a song after all, but uh, basically, and then you know you just. Like when Hecate is done, you know, and she uh, basically she just destroys you. So that's like an apology letter to Hecate. Like we're sorry we kept fucking up, you know, even though it gave us a lot of chances. You know, it is a very strange uh, song as far as the lyrics go, but but uh, you know most of you know most of my songs are anyway. You know, it's just weird and dark stuff going on in my head, and I just write it down and. And, uh, there you go. Now, um, my best friend, like, Trafford, like, he was the dude that got me into Bodom, like, years ago. And, um, I was just wondering, like, he told me this one. Like, uh, I just listened to Under Grass and Clover. It harkens back to your hate breeder days. Was that where you were creatively? Or creatively? And, uh, just, like, where did that creative energy come from? 
Uh, well, it's I, I actually do agree. I mean, there's a lot of hate breederish uh, stuff going on, or you know, just the the, the general vibe <clears throat> in that song. But nothing was ever planned or or uh, thought out before. You know, it just came out. It just came out naturally, and that that applies to every single song. Well, not just on this record, but like ever in the history of Chill and Bottom. I don't think about stuff too much, or I especially don't plan anything like, you know, this song should be heavier or or whatever the hell, you know, or, or uh, that not, we should go back, uh, you know, trying to sound like Hey Breeder or Follow the Reaper, you know, just like I said, you know, I can't. I have to block everything out of my mind and do whatever comes out natural and then just call for the best. That, that's the only right to, I mean, the only way to write music, to me anyway, but I would think it would be the only way for anybody. Because if you start, you know, if you start thinking about stuff like, you know, well, uh, how do I please this group of people and what if these people won't like this or that song, you know, you. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna work out that way because you can't please everybody. You can't be like you can't be everybody's friend. It doesn't work that way. So you know you just like I said you know you just gotta hope for the best. You know hope hope that somebody will like it. If not, then that that sucks. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it does happen. Yeah. Now, I remember seeing a live video feed. If you made your next album purple, you guys mentioned you might do a Prince song. Did this happen, or any other covers get recorded for Hexed? Oh, no, well, that was actually that was a joke. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, but I don't think anybody should cover Prince because nobody could pull it off perfectly. However, um, it's yeah, I, I think well, uh, the purple theme is pretty obvious, you know. Yeah. But also, you know, Jan has been, you know, Jan, uh, our keyboard player, he's always like, you know, sort of fiddling around with his keyboard uh, when we play live, you know, like when there's a break between songs and he's, he can do anything, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like he's, a couple of times I remember he started playing Purple, uh, Purple Rain just for the hell of it. So maybe that's also how the rumor got started. Okay, now. With this tour, what albums are going to be seen, and any special surprises since this will be like the final day of the American tour? Uh, I'm not like surprise-wise. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a surprise if I tell it to you now. But I can tell you, I can tell you that uh, we're definitely going to play at least one song. You know, from each album. You, I mean, you, you know that it gets harder and harder to come up with a set list with with uh, ten, 10 studio albums, and you know it's it hasn't been easy, you know, for the last 10 years. But but we try to make sure that everybody like everybody gets something out of it, and of course we do realize that you know you gotta play the old stuff, and that that's just the way it is. People want to hear the old shit, and that there's you can't deny that. So uh, we're not gonna try to force feed, you know, the whole new record uh, to the crowd, you know. So we're just gonna play maybe a couple of songs from uh, from Hex, and then you know the you know the rest is just gonna be from older records. And like I said, you know, we're gonna at least try to play uh, a song or two from 
you know, from uh, something wild to to uh, yeah, hex, I guess. Now, can you speak a few words on your opening acts, Swallow the Sun and Wolfheart? Well, Swallow the Sun is like it, 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 it's like the exact exact opposite of what we are, you know? Because I mean, they're like it's like super, you know, slow and mellow and. And I'm not I'm not saying that as a, in in a bad way, you know. There's a cool, really dark vibe in him, you know. But, uh, and obviously, Sean Bottom is just you know faster and crazier and just more uh, maybe eventful, like musically. So uh, it's a good uh, contrast. And uh, I I I feel horrible, but I don't really know that much about the other one. Uh, I should definitely you know listen to. It. Listen to a few songs of theirs, but apparently, you know, I mean, a lot of people like it, so, um, so, uh, yeah, it should be a good combo. Now, you got anything exciting to talk about when it comes to the local band, which has Oliver, the old singer from Crash Diet? Uh, well, we just, we just do a couple of shows a year, you know, and, uh, it's all about just having fun, and it always is. But uh, one thing I can tell you that I think this year we're gonna we're not gonna do a whole uh, EP or a, or or an album because it's just you know it, it, it really as much as as much as we would like to but you know it just doesn't make any sense because it costs a lot of money to make an album and you know it's a cover band after all but we're gonna we're gonna record a, a single at least and I'm not sure I'm not sure which one yet I like which song but it's gonna be something less I mean it's gonna be like something less obvious than you know Poison or Motley Crue or whatever you know it's gonna be something really cool and uh, maybe try to record enough, uh, another song as well and then you know we're gonna do uh, live shows in Finland and stuff so it's just you know it's just like a therapy band and it's yeah it's a blast for sure now is there anything special or like unique about the waters of Lake Bodum to make your beer different than other Finnish beers on the market <laughs> of course man you know it's a fucking magical magical water from Lake Bodum and tastes better than anything else. Fact. <laughs> okay. Um, now, fans of your band know about the Lake Bodum murders. Just wondering, what are some other horror stories or movies from Finland that you think Bodum fans would be interested in checking out? Um, I'm trying to think. Because the thing is that you know, I mean, nothing, nothing crazy like that. I don't, like has ever happened in Finland really I mean like when you think about like you know America you got like a whole bunch of like serial killers and stuff like that so there's an endless fucking list of movies that you know have have been made or you know could be made but in Finland you know it's not so much you know not nothing nothing that that crazy so I'd say that the like bottom thing was it's, it's probably the craziest um, thing that's happened you know in like Finnish crime or like horrorish uh, matter so yeah I can't think of anything right right now I'm sure there is but yeah I'd, I'd say the like bottom thing is like the craziest thing were there any good movies made about it 
there's well, there's one that just kind of came out, but it didn't really follow the events. It it was more like, uh, yeah, I I think they like rewrote the whole thing. So, but it was alright, you know. Uh, and uh, then there was one that was made. I think it was made in the late '60s, because you know, the whole thing happened in 1960. Or early seventies or whatever, but but uh, yeah, you know it's 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 just an old movie about you know what happened and yeah, nothing too nothing too awesome or anything. I didn't think so anyway. I see. Now, would you like to go back to any questions? Uh, well, I can't think of anything right now, at least. But okay, um. Final words. Uh, well, it's funny. I think this is like, to me, it seems like it's this is like the hundredth time that we're ending, ending the uh, a U.S. tour in New York, and it's always been such a fucking blast, you know, because like towards the end, end, end of the tour, you know, you're kind of like, you know, it 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 does suck, you know, if the crowd is lame. Because you know you're kind of tired already, and but so I'm I'm like so fucking stoked about it that that it again it's the last show, and and uh, yeah the New York crowd you know it's never fucking let me down. This is not I'm not like you know I'm not just saying I I don't say this to just anybody like I I mean it when I say that New York crowd you know has never let me down. So I'm. Definitely looking forward to it. Hey, it's Alexi from Channel the Bottom, and you are listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. <laughs>